0: Welcome back to pod TST, a weekly LA Rams podcast. I'm your host host Kenneth Arthur and with me this week is Mike Payton of the Detroit Lions blog prideofdetroit.com the Lions blog right here at SB Nation and Pride of Detroit you know if any of you listening out there are just uh, huge Jared Goff fans or fans of uh, Michael Brockers and there is such a wide amount of great content over at pride Detroit.com. One of the best blogs at SB nation. And, uh, trust me, I don't say that every time I talk to uh, somebody at a blog, but, uh, cause I really want to emphasize that, uh, POD, you guys are, are doing really great work. And, uh, thank you, Mike, for, for coming on and talking about Matthew Stafford and this insane trade that happened. Um, I, I, I wanna just like get right into it. First of all, I guess I will start on your end of things uh, because Brad Holmes was a front office guy for the rams for such a long time i think 17 years and uh now he gets his opportunity to run his own team here with the detroit lions and that has facilitated uh uh, several trades between the lions and rams and you would think maybe more to come in the future uh, the, the relationship between him and Les Sneed seems to be so tight uh what would you say so far with this first eight months or seven months of Brad Holmes, because, you know, the Lions have, uh, you know, there was a lot of optimism with Bob Quinn and and the last regime. Uh, How have things felt this year as compared to previous hires?
1: Uh, It's, you know, it's actually been kind of a weird time uh, for Detroit Lions fans. Uh, The optimism is, is high, it's super high, maybe higher than it was when Bob Quinn was here. But the understanding of of how this is gonna all go down and how the rebuild is gonna happen is also at a high level. Like nobody believes this team is gonna go to the playoffs next year with the Super Bowl, you know, anytime soon. But there's a wide belief that that Brad Holmes and, and company is kind of what the doctor ordered. And just kind of looking back on everything that he did. In Los Angeles, in terms of scouting, and you guys saw uh, it—you know, Jared Goff and Aaron Donald, and and so many other great players. Uh, The belief is that Bob, or excuse me, uh, Brad Holmes may be the guy that's going to finally build this Lions team. And and so far, uh, everybody seems to love what he's doing.
0: I do, you know, I I really enjoyed the not just the draft pick of Penae Sewell, but but the excitement over the pick of Penae Sewell. Um, and again, if, if anyone listening to this is just a fan of football, I, I recommend watching. Uh, I think it's called Inside the Lions Den or Inside the Den, uh, yeah. a YouTube series that's about the Lions, you know, getting ready to start things over, but to to do things. Uh, better this time around. And and I do think that the Penny Sewell pick is a good one for for everybody involved in Detroit, but especially maybe, you know, Jared Goff, who is now with the Lions. Uh, What would you say has been going on with Goff this year? Like the, I I watch uh, some of a Lions podcast with uh, Joyke Bell. And I, I really think that, that uh, there's a good show there uh, with Joyke Bell. I just started watching it, so I don't really have that much knowledge. But it, it does feel like the uh, reaction to Jared Goff with Lions fans is, okay, he's going to start for, for right now. But is there any optimism uh, that Jared Goff is going to have, like, a good year that uh, supplants himself as the franchise quarterback?
1: Yeah. I think it's been a really mixed reaction lately. Uh, obviously, you know, Matthew Stafford was here for 12 years. He was a fan favorite. He's probably the best quarterback. I mean, not even probably, he's the best quarterback Alliance I've ever had. Uh, so anybody who was going to take that guy's place is, is going to, is going to get some, what of a negative reaction, but mm-hmm. on my side of things, you know, uh, and, 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 on the coaching side, uh, of things, Jared Goff has, has been a real favorite. Um, I've done a lot of film studying of, 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 Jared in the last, uh, you know, few months since he's mm-hmm. been traded here. Uh, I, I really enjoy what I've seen. He makes a lot of throws that I didn't think he was able to make. Uh, I, I, there's some things there that, that need to be corrected, obviously. And I, yeah. I, I think that maybe him and McVay had a, a falling out. It seemed to be more of a personal relationship issue there. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking Jared Goff. And I think that uh, really it doesn't matter what I feel or what the fans feel. It, it really matters what Brad Holmes and, and, uh, and, and company feel, because I think they are planning to have Jared Goff around for a while. And that's why they picked up, uh, you know, an, an extra year on him and, uh, and paid him all that money. So I think he's going to be here for at least the next two to three years. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat of a short leash.
0: Yeah, it's interesting Uh, because the Rams play the Lions in week seven. We can also just sort of talk about where the Lions are at right now as a team. And as you said, nobody really expects them to make the playoffs. There are strengths, though, and especially talking about Uh, that offensive line because Frank Ragnow might be the best center in the NFL. Panay Sewell uh, was a very uh, high draft pick who, of course, um, a lot of people think, you know, is like a franchise. I mean, and he only has to play right tackle because you guys have Taylor Decker on the left side. So everything seems solid there. But where a lot of people probably will feel – uh, curious as far as how Jared Goff will be successful is in that wide receiver group. So has anybody sort of stood out and looked like a, uh, a player who Jared Goff will favor or who will be successful as, as that number one target?
1: Well, so far he's sort of taken uh rookie receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown under his wing a little bit. Um, he's been trying to use him a little bit in, in, you know, obviously training camp and the starter. So all we've seen is mini camp. And, and what we saw there was, you know, he was trying to almost sort of use them like he would use Cooper Cup in L.A. Uh, so I, I I see that there's, you know, there's a relationship forming there. In in terms of the other receiving core, this is a really, uh, a group that needs improvement. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's Brashad Perry, man. There's Tyrell Williams. There's a lot of guys here that are going to be looking to prove something in uh, 2021 who uh, thus far in their career haven't really proved it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be interesting to see, but I would look to uh, Amon Ross St. Brown to be the guy that's going to kind of shine above the rest of them and, and maybe be golf's you know, number one target in the future.
0: Um, yeah. And, and then Amon Ross St. Brown obviously a, somewhat of a connection here to Los Angeles because he did play at USC. And so, uh, you know, those two guys coming together in Detroit, similar to, yeah, Michael Brocker is also making his way over to Detroit uh, you know, with regards going back to the trade itself, Jared Goff, two first round picks, a third round pick for Matthew Stafford, uh, Matthew Stafford, as you said, a treasured Lions player, one of the best picks in Lions history. And one of the very one of the few right things that the organization has done uh, during this drought of, of not really winning a playoff game uh, is bringing in Matthew Stafford. So it's difficult to watch him go away. How do you feel? about the possibility that the compensation for for Matthew Stafford might be, say, like two late first round picks as opposed to maybe, say, if you could have traded Matthew Stafford this year, you know, I know there were rumors about Carolina Panthers and, and the number eight pick or, or maybe they could have done something with the Denver Broncos, any considerations to the idea that, you know, the, the Lions would maybe be getting too late first round picks for Matthew Stafford. Any part of you wished that uh, Brad Holmes had gotten more?
1: No, I really think that uh, the Lions did what was best for uh, for them. You know, obviously you could have went with that eighth pick this past year, but you know what would they have done with that? You know, mm-hmm. I I, mean, I guess you know obviously an an eighth pick is is the sure thing. It's a it's a really great move but you know then you're kind of forcing yourself to to pick a quarterback in the draft and uh when you do that you sort of you sort of make your rebuild all about one player in that point you're all about the quarterback you're building this entire franchise in terms it, around that guy and I, I, in my opinion that can hamper a rebuild and i, I like more what the rams did you know mm-hmm. uh, they, they they sort of built the team up then they got jared goff then they continued to build Uh, I feel like that's probably the best way to go and 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 for the Lions to get Jared Goff to get a starting quarterback plus two first round picks I I mean you can't that that just can't you you can't beat that you know (laughs) it was either that or as you mentioned the eighth pick or potentially Drew Locke um yeah and I think I think the Lions did the best thing that they that they could have done and uh yeah hopefully it will pay off and even and I expect those to be late picks but But even so, you know, with a late first-round pick, it's still a first-round pick.
0: Yeah, and I think even though, you know, not everybody uh, is on the same page necessarily with Jared Goff, like, you know, there's people who are higher on him, like yourself, and people who are uh, less high on him, like myself. But, uh, you know, with regards to putting a player in that position for the Detroit Lions, you would rather have somebody like Jared Goff, who isn't going to stunt the development of a TJ Hawkinson or a Deandre Swift or a Penny Sewell or a right. Frank Ragnow? all these players who don't want to play for David Blau, even if Blau is, you know, a fine uh, backup quarterback or a Tim Boyle or a Drew Locke, Jared Goff is going to put those players into position to get better. Even if he himself is not the full-time franchise quarterback, even, and maybe he will become that, you know, he's still only 26, I think, and he's got, plenty more that he could maybe do and maybe Anthony Lynn the new offensive coordinator will unlock something uh, but I do also like I said I really like what Brad Holmes is doing because that offensive line is coming together Their TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are there and then next year with the multiple first round picks you know it, w- whether or not the Lions go in the direction of a quarterback we don't even know where they'll be picking in the draft maybe they'll surprise and, and it won't be uh, the top three or five or whatever, but uh, I could see exactly like, yeah, I think that they're going in a really good direction. Let's take it in the other direction and talk about Matthew Stafford because A lot of Rams fans don't know what to expect, really. A lot of them were connected or or, uh, favored Jared Goff. A lot of them don't think that there is a huge difference between Stafford and Goff, and a lot of them are focused on something that I think far too many people are focused on, which is zero playoff wins during those 12 years. What would you say uh, would best summarize Matthew Stafford as an acquisition for the Rams do you expect this to be a significant upgrade over Jared Goff?
1: Well, right off the bat, I mean, look, I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again on here. Uh, quarterback wins are not a real thing. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. you okay. It's a team sport. There's 53 guys out there. Uh, quarterback, mm-hmm. is he can't win a game by himself. He just can't do it. So I, I, with that in mind, I mean, the Lions have never – they never successfully built a team around Matthew Stafford. Despite that, Matthew Stafford was still incredible for for 12 years. I mean, yeah, he, mm-hmm. he he led this team to any win that they possibly could have gotten. And uh, yeah, I mean, he had a hand in some of their losses too. But but yeah, I I fully expect the Rams to be in Super Bowl contention with Matthew Stafford. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, he is going to bring uh, a toughness and a uh, ability especially late in games that you guys are going to absolutely love and cherish you're going to you're just going to love this guy so much and some of the throws that he's able to make uh, and some of the arm techniques you know the sidearm some of the things that he's able to do are just going to wow you uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to be really a treat for for people who have not been able to watch Lions games or just didn't want to watch Lions games because mm-hmm. they assumed that you know it would be a bad game because Matthew is just he's the highlight reel
0: yeah, you know, it, it's funny because it's it's really talking about, like you said, quarterback wins. I mean, Jared Goff was on the Rams last year. Matthew Stafford was on the Lions last year. Jared Goff won. Technically, he won nine games because uh, John Wolford won the 10th game. But technically, yeah, he won nine games. And technically, Matthew Stafford was a, a part of five wins. But the Rams defense ranked first in pass defense, first right. in a net yards per pass attempt allowed The Lions pass defense ranked last and they ranked the last in pass defense last in net yards per attempt allowed last in rushing touchdowns allowed last in points allowed everything about the Lions defense appears to have been uh, last or close to last so everything they were their opposite defenses and so that's going to have a huge impact on on those win totals. Uh, What was the best. Lions team with Matthew Stafford and what held them from back from, uh, making a playoff run?
1: Well, I think a lot of people will point to the 2014 Lions, uh, Jim Caldwell's first year on the job. They went 11 and five. They had the number two defense, uh, you know, one of the best defenses, you know, that we've seen here in a while, probably best defense in Detroit history, at least in my history, I wasn't alive in the fifties. So, uh, (laughs) Yeah, that was a great team. Uh, but the thing is, you know, previous, I, I call Jim Caldwell the quarterback whisperer, you know, because of what he did with Peyton Manning and what he did with Matthew Stafford and, and, and a little bit with Joe Flacco as well. Mm. But when uh, before before Caldwell came in, Matthew was, you know, he was, the talent was there. It was raw talent. He was getting by on just that. Uh, he wasn't really getting taught well how to be an NFL quarterback by Sean Linehan and, and uh, Jim Schwartz. Jim Caldwell really came in and slowed that down in 2014. He really made the, made it all about making the right decisions, throwing the ball away, not trying to do too much, even though Matthew still does do that at times. Uh, he, he learned a lot that year. And because of all that, it really did affect the, the team's offense. And it really did affect uh, what Matthew Stafford was able to do. And, uh, and they also had a lot of other issues. You know, Reggie Bush uh, had a, Huge downward trend after a pretty good 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calvin Johnson missed some games. There, there were, and you know, I hate to blame the refs, but there was an unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> picked up flag against Dallas in the playoffs that, uh-huh. uh, you know, some say led to the Lions losing that game. So, yeah, there's there there were some issues, but uh, mostly it was just correcting Matthew that year, and I think that they may have overcorrected a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's it's been so interesting to sort of watch uh, how any franchise is able to pull themselves out of a like just that pit of despair that that happens to X amount of teams, and it's happened to the Rams. It's happened to the Rams this century. You know, maybe maybe the worst teams of this century were were the Rams uh, sort of in those, some of those periods, some of those years, uh, in the 2000s and the early 2010s. And, uh, you know, with Sean McVay from 2016 to 2017, you know, the Rams turned around from one of the worst teams to one of the best. So, right. you know, with, uh, with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and and so many new things with the lions, maybe they won't go to become the number one scoring offense next year, but it does seem like things are, are moving in a, in a good direction. Uh, and one of those players, who's helping around Detroit is Michael Brockers, uh, a guy who was another team favorite with the Rams and uh, did a lot for the community. And he, he preceded Aaron Donald even and, and played his entire career next to Aaron Donald and the Rams have taken uh, a piece of one of the former lions defensive line. Even though this was a year ago, we haven't really gotten much of a look at a Sean Robinson. He's a player who uh, only played in about a hundred, Plus snaps last year, suffered through some injuries. So I'm still kind of curious. I don't really know what kind of a player he is going to be. He hasn't really been on the field and been healthy. I know that he's slimmed it down a little bit this year. What were your thoughts on Sean Robinson during his tenure with the Lions?
1: Well, I've got two tiers here. First, I'll start off. Are you guys, you guys credentialed? Do you go to the, you cover the games in LA at SoFi or?
0: We haven't, uh, well, we, nobody really did last year, but, uh, we are right. working on that this year.
1: Okay. Well, Aishon is going to be a really interesting character post game. Uh, he might want to stay away from him. He, oh. He's a very emotional man. And, uh, and he's not going to want to talk to the press. He, he, and he oh. will yell. He will yell at you. Uh, other than that, <laughs> you know, a- A'shaun, uh, in, in terms of just being a player, uh, you know he didn't work out as well as, uh, as 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 the Lions had hoped. You know he was a second round pick after being just a, a tremendous defender at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just didn't he just didn't quite work out, or the Lions just didn't work out. You know with him well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some great moments. We we like to call him a slot Robinson because he very often would swat down passes or he would block uh, punts every now and again. He so he's got some talent there. He's got some athleticism. But uh, in terms of uh, being with the Lions, it just it just didn't work out. So maybe uh, pairing up with Aaron Donald over there is is going to certainly help him uh, a lot yeah. more in 2021 if he could stay healthy. But uh, in Detroit, it uh, it was kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah, and how how are things looking with Michael Brockers and uh, the defensive line? How do the Lions plan to use Brockers? Because you know I know that. Uh, Dan Campbell and the whole uh, uh, atmosphere around Dan Campbell being like a grit and, and what is it? Ankle biters, whatever the uh, yeah. terms are. Knee, that knee they, cap,
1: kneecap kneecaps.
0: Kneecaps. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that there's there's going to be a whole new attitude with, with these guys and that it's going to start in the trenches and then the Lions turned around. And even in what was called a weak defensive tackle class, they made sure to come away with two on day two to make sure that they didn't get uh, shortchanged on their defensive tackle picks. And those two guys that they picked, Levi Anwuzarike and Aline McNeil, are both, uh, I think, have high ceilings. How, how exactly will Michael Brockers fit into that?
1: Well, right now it's looking like he's going to be sort of a, a, a leader, sort of a teacher uh, in the clubhouse type of thing. It, he, I'm sure he will start immediately and probably the entire year. Uh, probably, you know, defensive end, defensive tackle, flexing around. Um, I, I, I So far, it, Michael seems to have a chip on his shoulder. I think he's maybe a little upset mm. about getting traded. I mean, he was at the Rams his entire career, and, and uh, here he is, at, you know, a year – before uh, or the year that they might be making a super bowl run you know so i think maybe it's a little little upsetting for him but he yeah. seems to be taking it well he's, he's uh he's he's sort of jumped to the idea of, of being a leader and uh, yeah i mean I, I it's hard to tell without uh, seeing in training camp what they're what they might do with them but right now i mean i, I think he's going to be sort of the centerpiece of the defensive line
0: and uh, I got to ask just because again, I'm, I'm just a fan of the NFL, the draft and and the Rams do play the lions in week seven. So maybe it's a little early look ahead. I'm just curious. How is Jeffrey Okuda doing in his second year? Because he's one of the highest drafted cornerbacks of all time. And there yeah. wasn't a lot of positive buzz that I remember uh, based on his rookie season, but how are things looking in year two? Well, he
1: showed up in tremendous shape, uh, and he seems to be taking really well to Aaron Glenn, the Lions' new defensive coordinator, who mm-hmm. was a former uh, DB himself and a former defensive backs coach as well. Uh, you know, I, I, so far, you know, from what we could tell, obviously, again, just minicamp is all we've seen so far. But he, he seems to be, uh, you know, adapting a lot better than he was under Matt Patricia, who almost seemed to not really know what to do with him. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, there was a lot of uh, rumors going around last year that, that maybe there was some, some infighting between Matt, Patricia, and Bob Quinn about whether or not to take Jeff Okuda or to go a different route. So uh, it's possible that maybe, you know, Matt Patricia and company didn't, didn't really want him there. And and, and it seemed like halfway through the season, they kind of gave up on his progression and, hmm. uh, and yeah. And, it, and it, I think it hurt Okuda a little bit, but I, I, I have no doubt that, you know, just getting to know the guy and his work ethic, I have no doubts that he's going to uh, rebound from this and, and turn out to be a pretty decent corner.
0: Have there ever been any rumors that uh, Matt Patricia doesn't know anything about defense?
1: Oh, geez. No, that Matt Patricia's the genius, the defensive <laughs> genius. No way.
0: How does this <laughs> happen? You know, like uh, how do you coach the Patriots for so long with, arguably the greatest football mind of all time. You know, obviously there are a lot of people who've come off of that Patriots branch and, and, and fallen hard. Uh, and now we're seeing the, that's not always the case. You know, uh, we, we know the Brian Flores and uh, there's a couple of successful post Patriots or at least semi-successful. Yeah. I mean, for the Lions, I mean, worst defense and it wasn't like they weren't giving them some money Trey Flowers you know it wasn't like they weren't you know trying with the defense like are you I don't know what even if I even have a question again it's just like crazy (laughs) to me that Matt Patricia couldn't do something well you know
1: there are people in this world who are born on third base and think they hit a triple and (laughs) Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are are definitely those people and I think that Obviously they were with Bill Belichick for many years and he is the best, the greatest football mind that we've ever had or ever seen. And I think that there's part of these guys that think that, well, the Patriots won because of them and all the Lions ever needed was them. And they sort of came in and treated it like they, it was a high school football team that was, uh, you know, like from a movie where all, you know, half the guys are in school trouble and they all need to be yelled at and punished Uh and, And uh, it just turned the the players off immediately. And that's what happened. You know, that's where things go start going with uh, trading Quandre Diggs to the Seattle Seahawks. He's having, he's been great over there uh, Mm -hmm. trading Darius Slay, you know, one of the best corners in the league. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned A'shaun Robinson after, after Patricia was fired, A'shaun sent out a very public tweet about uh, Matt Patricia trying, saying that him, that he was going to take his career away from him and, uh, it, it was just a very toxic situation and when you have guys like that who believe they are the smartest guys in the room you just can't tell them anything and and the Lions paid for that and unfortunately now that he's gone so is a lot of other people who would have been nice to stay, see stay around like a Kenny Galladay or mm-hmm. like a Matthew Stafford so
0: yeah uh, yeah Oh, that reminds me of one other thing I was going to ask, which is, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay, you know, missed most of last season. And, you know, that is not something that's necessarily calculated all the time when people talk about Matthew Stafford's most recent campaign with the Lions. Uh, what would you say was the quality of the his surrounding personnel and, and you know, his weapons, do you think? like with 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, you know, do you think like, uh, and all of those other numbers, do you think he he did sort of elevate uh, the players around him and sort of going above beyond like the, the actual weapons that he had uh, in front of him, even if like Marvin Jones is an underrated player, maybe, you know, he wasn't exactly, especially now with so many teams in the NFL employing two or three pro bowl caliber receivers. Uh, how would you uh, sort of, Judge what Matthew Stafford is coming off of in a supporting cast now going to one with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and, uh, you know, uh, Deshaun Jackson's a little bit older at this point, but uh, certainly I think with Sean McVay and uh, Andrew Whitworth, you know, he's he's got some uh, very strong offensive personnel and minds around him. How how would you sort of uh, describe the Lions 2020 supporting cast?
1: Well, you know, it, it was rough. Uh, obviously, Marvin Jones had, had a phenomenal year and really showed up a, a lot better than, uh, a lot more than I think a lot of people thought he would, especially at 30. And I'm, I'm honestly shocked that the Rams did not sign Marvin Jones. I really thought mm-hmm. that that was going to happen and that uh, yeah, he was going to fit in perfect with, with what the Rams are doing over there. But uh, besides that, you know, TJ Hawkinson showed up and became a Pro Bowl tight end. And, uh, and then everything went off a cliff from there. Uh, yeah, uh, Danny Amendola, it, he did the best he could. He was 35 years old. He didn't score a, thir- a single touchdown last year. Uh, Quintes hmm. Cephas, a rookie, you know, he, he showed some promise. Marvin Hall uh, showed a little bit, uh, you know, and that was, you know, Mohamed Sanu came on. It, it got that bad. You know? uh, yeah. So... Yeah. I mean, by, by the end of the season, they were throwing to guys that you, whose names you don't even recognize. And uh, so Matthew Stafford is going to absolutely love having Cooper cuff and Robert Woods, it, you know, to throw to. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm jealous. I, I, yeah. Speaking from a fan and not a writer, I'm, I'm totally jealous to just uh, to, to, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a lot of fun, I think uh, covering this team. So.
0: Well, I, you know, and I know a lot of Rams fans are are jealous of Pinay Sewell. Uh, so you know, enjoy Pinay Sewell and, and sure. enjoy, you know, good luck to Jared Goff. and And I think he's definitely got some really strong people around him i'm a fan of dan campbell i'm a fan of frank Ragnow. obviously i think that the lions have some strengths there mike any uh, any parting words anything you would like to say in terms of whether or not people wanted to talk to you about uh, your comments on matthew stafford on twitter or anything like that yeah look i i mean
1: here's the thing you know i i some people say that old saying you know i wrote the book on this well look man i wrote the book on matthew stafford i've i've been covering the guy for six years i spent a lot of my time writing articles about how matthew stafford is good and how people aren't seeing it Mm. um and it's it's a tiny bit annoying that he's suddenly really good now that he's just not wearing the lion's jersey (laughs) so i saw that he got ranked sixth in a in a quarterback ranking the other day and it's a little upsetting now look, I think Matthew Stafford's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I've believed that for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I, I just, it, he's not that good. You know? <laughs> he's, not, he's not, he's not this good, you know, like, uh, so I, look Ly- Rams fans are going to have a great time.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I would, I would temper your expectations just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit, just okay. based off the fact that, that Matthew has been injured a lot lately, you know, his back has, his, he fractured some bones in his back. And even though he doesn't always miss games, he's, he had a broken thumb. He had multiple broken fingers and, you know, he's, 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 he's had some issues uh, and I hope that he doesn't have them for the Rams in 2021. I hope that you, you know, I would love to see you guys win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. with this guy. I would love to see him achieve that. Um, but just little things like that. And, and again, I'm mentioning, uh, something i mentioned earlier there are times when matthew tries to do too much and you'll notice it when it's happening mm-hmm. but uh other than that I, like i said you guys are going to have a, a blast with this guy and and uh I, i'm looking forward to to that game and uh, i'll be there in this in the, in the stadium in la for that one and uh looking forward to seeing how that goes
0: oh fantastic yeah i um I think that uh, that that's very helpful. That's very good to hear just in terms of, yeah, tempering expectations and and knowing what you're really getting out of Matthew Stafford, because, you know, certainly I think we can start to overrate the positives and, and want to ignore uh, some of the negatives while at the same time you can do the opposite. You can focus on the negatives and ignore some of the positives with a player. And I think with Matthew Stafford, we got to have to find that in between that says like, this is the real Matthew Stafford. That being said, you know, I think it's going to be really, interesting because I think that the presence of Matthew Stafford will reveal a brand new Sean McVay. And I think the presence of Sean McVay might reveal a brand new Matthew Stafford and whether or not that will be, you know, exceptionally uh, better than what they were previously. I think mostly it it, it comes down to, I think the Rams would rather have a quarterback who tries to do too much as opposed to one who doesn't do enough. And so it's going to be really interesting to see if that is a huge change. If uh, Sean McVay does sort of unleash uh, and reveals uh, excuse me uh, uh, allow his quarterback because he trusts his quarterback to be like hey this is your game in the fourth quarter we're down a touchdown this is your game I know you can do this because we've seen Matthew Stafford do it over and over again or at least Lions fans have seen him do it when it's happened and then as you said the national media uh, forgot that he existed and so it's hard it's easy to forget but we shouldn't Matthew Stafford is one of the best number one picks of all time. And that just says a lot about number one picks, but uh, it it also says a lot about Matthew Stafford. So uh, thank you for uh, coming on and talking about Stafford and, uh, and wishing Stafford and the Rams luck. I wish the lions luck as well. Doesn't hurt me to see the lions uh, do well, even if that means uh, that they develop a few of the players that they wanted to develop, have optimism around Akuda and Sewell and win three games and then go out and uh, draft, you know, Desmond Ritter or uh, Spencer Rattler or someone else that has a very good quarterbacky name. So – that's it uh thank you mike payton go check out prideofdetroit.com dot com for updates on golf and the lions and uh everything else They've, there's a ton of great content over there thank you for listening to pod tst that's it for this episode come back next week and i will do a different one do a different one do a different one